to Disney Marvels for the week of July 15th, 2018. This is episode 13. Disney Marvels, the podcast about Disney, Marvel, Disney Cruise Lines, Muppets, the Disney Store, and so much more. If it's Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Now on with the news. Not too much in the news front this week. Melissa 2, according to Entertainment Weekly, the second go-round um, will focus on Melissa and Aurora specifically and their relationship. The two will, quote, form new alliances and face new adversaries in their struggle to protect the Moors and the magical creatures that reside within them. The sequel is released to, um, is scheduled to be released on May 29th, 2020. And in this case, Prince Philip will be making his first appearance. Ant-Man and the Wasp reached number two this in its second week in the box office, uh, continuing along strongly. And let's see here. Since 2016, Disney's Dream Big Princess movement, or hashtag Dream Big uh, Princess movement, was, uh, which has inspired girls around the world to realize their dreams, more happily they will be... Um, Starting a new series this uh, year of Dream Big Prisoner, Princess Digital Shorts created by young filmmakers. It is on the, uh, on the way to inspire girls everywhere to dream, create, and celebrate who they are by showcasing well-known and beloved role models. And in the rumors, uh, the Fox Battle bidding war that is going on Comcast is rumored to be letting up and not pursuing Fox directly, but they seem to be focusing their attention more on uh, Sky in the UK. Now, on with the show. These days, it's hard to imagine leaving a Disney attraction without exiting through a gift shop. Disney and retail seem to go hand-in-hand, merchandising and the synergy, as they call it, of one thing to the next. Be it movies, attractions, any IP, you'll find it in a retail aspect. Why, a mall just does seems to be missing something special if it doesn't have a Disney store in it though. But that wasn't always the case. Come along with me as we look back at the history of the Disney stores. The year is 1987 in Glendale, California, March 28th to be exact, at the Glendale Galleria, the first Disney store opened up. 
It was the first of what is to be what was to be what they called retail attainment or an entertainment store. Some other studios uh, followed suit shortly after. The theme stores that was exclusively sold uh, exclusively sold one company's merchandise. Here you can get Disney shopping your sh Disney shopping fix without having to go to one of the parks. Some of the products they sold could be purchased at other shopping locations, be it Walmart, Toys R Us, Sears, while others were exclusive to the Disney store, like the collectibles, snow globes, cells, classic pieces once they came along, some porcelains. By April 1990, three short years later in one month, after the, uh, which was after the first store opened, their 50th location opened, this one in Montca Montclair Plaza, Montclair, California. That same year, in November, the first international store opened up in London, England. Two years later, 1992, stores opened in Japan and Australia. 92 also saw the first Disney dollars become available at the Disney stores. If you remember those, that they, you know, rectangular like a, a, a dollar bill with uh, different characters on it, uh, representing different denominations instead of presidents and famous historic pe persons. So you'd have like the Mickey dollar, the Donald Duck, I think it was $5, Dopey on $10 or something like that. Um, and then every so often they would come up with uh, new celebratory ones and collectible ones um, as depending on what the celebration was or what depending what the year was. <clears throat> so those became uh, available at the, not just the parks now, but you could get them at the Disney store use at the parks or use at the Disney store themselves in 92. But in 90, but the growing didn't stop there. 1994, the 11,000 square foot showcase store opened up at the Post and Powell corner of, of San Francisco's Union Square. And that same year, the first Hong Kong location opened up under the Disney store Hong Kong Limited um, company. And their flagship store opened up in New York City. So that was a, that all happened in 94. Just goes to show you. But was that five years? How much the stores had grown? It was just incredible. <clears throat> so that's it. Let's keep moving forward. In 1997, the first Walt Disney Gallery store opened outside of a Disney park. This was in Main Palace Station, uh, Santa Ana Mall in California. It was just next to their Disney store. In 97, the Disney store opened the ESPN store, ESPN The Store in Glendale. But unfortunately, 1999, the three locations that they had opened in that time were closed permanently and that was sadly the end of those stores. 1999 though uh, a second flagship store was opened in Chicago on the Magnificent Mile. So you have the growing number of regular stores and now two flagship stores. One New York, one Chicago. And then the, the massive showcase store in San Francisco. 
So, so far, sounds like the stores are doing pretty good. September 2000, two stores um, were redesigned as prototypes. One in Costa Mesa, the other in Cherry Hill right here in New Jersey. These stores had more space, a much more higher tech look to them, and this is 2000 people, you could buy your theme park tickets through a computer station in the store. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine purchasing something online, as it were, through a computer? Purchasing something through a computer. Do you believe it? Nowadays, I mean, <laughs> go figure. Got the young kids going, well, kids, hello. Yeah, you could always purchase something. Purchase something on a computer. Have you ever heard of Amazon? Yeah, this is 2000, people. This was not. Purchasing online was still yet to come. So this was actually very forward thinking. But I digress. So a computer station within the store, you could be, be able to buy your park tickets. So with the success of the new look, Disney announced that these new designs would be rolled out to 350 stores. Sadly, that also meant that they announced the closure of 100 stores worldwide. The feeling was by a lot of the uh, financial people out in the world was that Disney had overbuilt and overstretched its retail presence across the world. So naturally they had to start shutting some of the doors, cutting back on some of the retail, and at the same time that would strengthen the remaining stores. By April 2001 only 20 stores had been upgraded though to this new high-tech look. Late 2002, two new, two new type of prototype stores were rolled out, one in Canagoga Park and the other in Torrance. But that year Disney announced that the chain would be splitting into two types of stores, one called Disney Play and the other Disney Kids at Home. But they continued to close more stores to reach the only only 350 stores by 2005. So more stores just kept on closing just to, to reduce that number. March 31st, 2003, all 16 Australian locations were closed. But let's jump back. Let's jump back to 2002 for a moment. So, Australian stores were about to be closing. In Japan, something else was happening. Disney decided to license out, sell and license out the Disney stores in Japan. And they did this not to just anybody, but they did this to the Oriental Land Company. Yes, the same Oriental Land Company that is in charge of Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Seas. that was something that was the beginning of something because two years later in 2004 the North American stores were sold and licensed to Edison New Jersey's own the children's place the Walt Disney Company did decide to maintain its Manhattan flagship store which had now converted to a World of Disney store and shifted its ownership over to the Disney parks. 
They also held on to their European stores. The Children's Place did get the Chicago flagship store, and they they tried to breathe fresh life into the, the stores. They wanted to open new locations. They lowered prices because, well, hey, we know what Disney pricing means, don't we? As Disney fans, we do understand that. Okay, for the Disney label, we're paying a premium. Sadly, thinking back, on exclusive items, what well, you... You know, you kind of have the run of the mill there. You you know, for each a Disney store exclusive shirt or a Disney store exclusive towel or potholder or whatever merchandise tea cozy set, you you can't compare the price. But if you're talking about some of the toys, specifically the toys that were you were able to buy at again, Toys R Us, KB Toys, Sears, JC Penney's, Walmart just about anywhere else you can't it's not necessarily the best business plan to jack up the prices on those because then you're you know you're losing out against the competition for some people that you know don't want necessarily the distinct honor of buying it at a Disney store and saying hey I paid ten dollars more for this that was something that the chosen place knew that they had to work on so they tried lowering it they created outlet stores and try to breathe, like I said, breathe new life, uh, fresh life into the company. This worked for so long. But by March, of t- March 20th, 2008, Hoop Retail, which who was the uh, subsidiary, the Children's Space subsidiary in charge of the Disney stores, announced that they had that they were in the midst of talks to selling back the real t- retail chain of the Disney stores back to the Walt Disney Company. Um, kind of the feeling there was that they had really extended themselves too far with the Children's Place and with the Disney Company of uh, the Disney stores. I'm trying to maintain both of them. So instead of losing the whole ship, they got rid of they shared back the Disney uh, stores back to Disney Company. Hoops themselves filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy that March. But by May 1st, 2008, the remaining 231 Disney stores in North America once again were part of the Disney Company. So, good news there. Children's Place is still around, so don't worry about that. They're still holding strong. It's just they closed that one division. The Chapter 11 only affected Hoop, not the entire, uh, entire company. So what was the Disney company to do here now? You have a bunch of aging stores. You have a retail business that you weren't sure necessary. In the Eisner eras, they did fantastic. But like most things in the Eisner eras, they worked great then. Unless if there's certain movies, they're not holding up over time. So something had to be done. So November 2009, Disney announced a massive relaunching and rebranding of all all store locations. This project was going to be spearheaded by the one and the only Steve Jobs, the man who helped create the Apple Store retail locations, was going to help reinvent and reimagine the Disney Store. These 
new locations were re being re uh, referred as, and this was during the construction phase, Imagination Parks. The first of these stores opened May 2010 in Long Island, New York, Madrid, Spain, and in Southern California. Forty more of these were completed by 2011. These are the stores that we see now. These are the ones with image mapping and a little castle, um, big video screen that kids can pick what type of music or videos they want to watch on it. And it's a very alive store. Things are moving, and images are changing, the music is playing. You just, it's not a shopping store like we're used to seeing. It is something that you would expect from Disney. Not only just Disney, but Disney nowadays. Gone are the molded figures of, of the 80s and 90s and the wood looks and the, just the, the very still, the animated but not moving stores. I mean, I guarantee the concept back then was also to, to get things started moving, having animatronics in the stores. But that's where things started going going awry in the early 2000s. But now, with image mapping, a lot more easier to get things alive and moving. So, in, something else happened. March 31st, 2010, Disney also bought back all the Japanese stores. 2000, 2010 also saw a new flagship store open in New York. This one was on Broadway. It's replacing the now-closed Fifth Avenue World of Disney store. And from there, the growth has continued. They've opened their first store in Ireland. More and more stores are opening all over the place, refreshing and just more alive. And now with the acquisitions of Marvel, Star Wars, you get tons of different type of merchandise. Again, some of it available at other stores, some of it exclusive to the Disney stores. But you walk into a Disney store, you're walking into a mall with a young child, and you go by that Disney store. You and the child both can't help but looking in there. They they have weekly events going on. Um, it just is such a different atmosphere than what it was in the 90s and the 80s. And I do know this because in the 90s, I was working there. That was, that was my, oh, let's go back, my first job. My first job was at the Disney store, <clears throat> excuse me, the Disney store in the Freehold Raceway Mall. At that time, this was in um, the store was in a single storefront location, but this was at the time of Disney expanding the stores and growing the stores. Um, the gallery galleries had just started to become online, so this was to be a new concept store of a gallery in a store, not next to it, but in it. So in the new location, I was part of the uh, cast that was opening this new location was, oh god, I want to say three three storefronts wide? Two or three? Probably three storefronts wide. It had a rotunda of the gallery stuff. It was 
just beautiful. Um, I mean, one whole retail store location was adult clothing. Another one was children's clothing. There's a plush mountain in the back with the, the if you remember the big video screens that they have used to have playing in the back. I remember that that was on the laser disc. They you they were still using laser discs in the '90s, in the late '90s, to play the videos and the music in the stores. That that was. <laughs> They were up to date and behind the times all at the same in the same uh, step. Some of the things I remember from my time there is that as I mentioned in the first episode number one that I actually worked in at Walt Disney World, I went through traditions, which is the Disney training for both places. First one I did was at the Disney store because I worked there first and then went to Walt Disney World. I actually found, even though the Walt Disney World traditions was longer in its time span, it was several days long, the traditions at the Disney store was actually more in-depth, where Walt Disney World focused on Walt Disney World and a little bit about the company beyond that. But they, pretty much everything was the history of Walt Disney World and how things, how the world revolved at Walt Disney World. The Disney Store is not like that, because the Disney Store is a representation of the Disney company and the Disney brand in the middle of the real world, not in the Disney environment. So you have people coming in at from that have all different type of experience levels of Disney. They train their Disney Store employees. They, in the 90s, they trained their Disney Store employees. I'm going to assume that it's about the same now. To know everything about the Disney company. It wasn't just good enough that you knew that, well, the movie coming out this year is The Lion King. It was the movie coming out this year in The Lion King. The movies before it were Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Oliver and Company, etc., etc., Aladdin, etc., etc., etc. I mean, no, I missed Beauty and the Beast in there too, sorry. But. You had to know all the movies. You knew the movies in order. You knew when Disney did certain things. You knew the first colored animated, the first color animated movie that Disney put out was Flowers and Trees, but it was a silly symphony. You knew the original Mickey Mouse was Steamboat Willie, though the original production of Mickey Mouse was Plain Crazy. So you just you had to know everything. And you didn't mind learning this, possibly because you, if you worked there, you had to have some sort of interest in Disney. And, to, you know, to be pumped full of Disney knowledge, you weren't going to complain. At this point, I will say that I will neither confirm or deny that my old costume, which was the Mickey Mouse Club style um, costumes, may or may not be residing somewhere on my property. Um, they fortunately have moved up from those itchy polyester sweaters and vests to something a lot more modern and a lot more comfortable than what we used to have to wear in the, the olden days. But there you have it. That was That's a little something about the Disney stores. And... 
do you shop at the Disney stores? What do you think of them? Do you like the new concept? Do you remember the old ones? Um, it it was always to me before working there, some place that I always enjoyed personally. Um, I always find it I found it a nice little piece of Disney to go to connect to when I wasn't able to go to the parks. But what are your thoughts on it? Let us know on the Facebook group. Um, that would be facebook.com slash Disney Marvels Podcast. Again, the Facebook group is facebook.com slash Disney Marvels Podcast. You can also email the show. You can email the show at DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. One more time, that's DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Dot com. Let us know what you think of the show. I really do appreciate every day that you guys listen. Every every week that you tune in or however you're doing this, listening to the shows. And I hope you're enjoying them. Um, I, d- I asked two things, really. Two things, if you could. And if you don't mind. Just to help help this community come along besides joining the Facebook group that that's not one of them but tell your friends if you know people who are interested in Disney tell them about this show and while you're at it make sure you go to iTunes or whatever method that you're listening to it and rate this show the more ratings that we get um the better we can improve this show. I mean, I prefer five stars, of course. But also, it just becomes more available to people through the search engines and um, through iTunes and whatnot. The, the individual um, streaming services will promote the show more. So again, more people listen. More people listen. The bigger the show gets. The bigger the show gets. The more topics and different things comes along. Trust me, I have some great ideas coming up. So once again, I appreciate your listening. I appreciate everything. I know your time is very valuable, so thank you again. I do this for for everyone listening. On that note, I'll revisit last week's trivia. I was talking about Lights Motor Action and what the original concept for it was. And... Believe it or not, it was actually supposed to be a James Bond-themed attraction or show. Because um, originally it was designed for Disneyland Paris. So, very European. Let's go James Bond with the, the action and the cars and taking place in Europe. Which made sense. But the Broccoli family stepped in and said, uh, No thanks, we, we don't like exactly how you want to control this IP. So that's how that never came to fruition. They kept the show going. They just did not use James Bond in it. So this week, I want to go back to a Walt Disney quote. Walt Disney said, Laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age. And dreams are forever. Again, that's by Walt Disney. Thank you very much again, everybody. And I'll see you next time.